Uh, we've been in the middle of a series called I Church, and uh, we started this series by saying that almost everybody that you meet has a cell phone. How many of you have your phone with you this morning? How many of you remembered to silence your phone before we started? That's, that's another story. Uh, almost they're, they're, they are everywhere. They, they are in uh, teenagers' pockets. They are in your purse, in your wallet, in your pockets, wherever it is that cell phones are everywhere today, and they're not just phones anymore. We, we said that uh, phone calls are actually fifth or sixth on the list of things that people use their phone for anymore. Uh, but there is an app for that. How many of you have ever realized that or found that out? You wanted to do something, you had questions, you didn't know how it worked, and somebody said, there's an app for that. There really is an app for almost everything. In fact, uh, people use their phones to access their apps over two hours a day. I think that was a, a 2016 or 17 survey, so it's probably up a little bit even now. So more than a couple hours a day, people are using their phones to discover things and to do things. And we've said our premise for this series was that the church can do anything your phone can do. And in fact, the church should be able to do it better than what your phone can do. And, and what examples do I mean by that? The first week we said people use their phones to connect and the church helps people connect to Jesus and his people way better than what your phone can do to connect you with anybody else on the planet. To come and be a part of what Jesus is doing goes way beyond anything an app could provide. Uh, last week we said people use their phone to get directions and the church helps people hear Jesus's voice so that they can receive direction in their lives. And uh, Dave Tekarczyk reminded me after service, he, he thought that was pretty amazing that God gives us direction in our lives and you don't ever have to worry about how many bars you have or if your signal's any good. He's like, you could be out in the middle of the woods on a mountain, there's no cell phone service, but Jesus is still there with you. He knows right where you are and he gives you direction in your life. You're never lost because he's with you at all times. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Thanks for that reminder, Dave. And uh, this week I wanted to start out by asking a question. Who has ever used your phone to answer a question? Oh, at least, at least four people. Who, who's ever used your phone to answer a question to win an argument? That, that's more like how it goes in our, in our household. We're talking about something and I'm like, I know I'm right. I'm going to look it up on my phone right now. Uh, we, we're talking all the time. Uh, Kevin back there, every time we're having a conversation, we start talking about something and it's like, oh, I don't know that or I wonder how that works. And he says, this is his exact quote, if only, as he's reaching in his pocket, if only we had a handy device to help us answer that question. And what's he talking about? It's our phone. Every time that we want to know something anymore, we, we live in an age and a time where we have more access and answers to questions than ever before. And uh, I was thinking about the questions that we ask, and I was wondering what were the most common questions that people ask their phones. Maybe I'm the only one that thought about this, or maybe it's just because we're doing this series. Has anybody else ever wondered that? What is the most common thing that people are asking their phones? And I wondered if, if our family's most common question, where's the closest Dairy Queen? Incredibly, that didn't make the list. It, it wasn't on there, uh, but there were some questions. I found a list of the most common questions that people ask their cell phones, and they're not. some of these are not very profound, and some of them may actually make you shake your head and be like, I don't know why people don't know that. But this is the list. This is the 15 most common questions that people ask their phones or they use their apps to answer. Number one, what time is it? Inanimate, no. Yeah, young people, especially, 
Almost none of them have watches anymore. They pull out their phone to say, what time is it? Oh, let me get my phone, just like checking your, your watch used to be. Uh, in fact, most young people that are wearing a watch, it's connected to their phone. Come on, how many of you have a smartwatch on your wrist right now? That's, that's where that's going. So what time is it? Uh, the number two question that people actually ask their phone, how do I register to vote? I thought that was pretty amazing that that made the list that high up, and that's a reminder. In two weeks, there is an election. I don't really care who you vote for, but if you are registered in Pennsylvania, go vote. Pray, ask God, who, who do I need to vote for? And when he speaks to you, go do it. Cast your vote for that person. Uh, we have an amazing amount of freedom in this country, and we shouldn't take it for granted. So that's my commercial. Uh, the number three question, I, I, this list did amaze me in some aspects. The number three question was, how do you tie a tie? And I'm looking around the room to see if there are any ties even in the room this morning. And I don't know if this is just the, in the working world, people are still wanting you to show up in a suit and tie for a job interview, but the number three question was, how do I tie a tie? Uh, number four was, what song is this? How many of you have ever done that with your phone? You're in, the, you're in the store and you hear a song playing and all of a sudden your phone can tell you the artist, the year, the album, every, every amount of information you want to know is right there. Uh, number five, which... Number five proves that where's the closest Dairy Queen should be on the list. But the number five question is, how do you lose weight? You know what your phone is going to tell you? Your phone is going to tell you the same thing people have been telling us for years. Eat less and exercise. There, you don't need to ask your phone that question anymore. That is the answer. And in 40-some years of being alive, that's been the same answer it is every time. Some, we, we think there's going to be a secret magic pill we can take. We think there's going to be a shortcut to it. But the answer stays the same. Eat less and exercise. Number six, must be a lot of bakers in the crowd. How many ounces in a cup? That, that was the number six most common question. Number seven, when is Mother's Day? I forgot Mother's Day once, and it never happened again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're asking your phone that and the answer on your phone is yesterday, you're in trouble. So... When is Mother's Day? It was number seven. Number eight and number nine are very closely related to the banking one. How many ounces in a pound? How many ounces in a gallon? People are asking these questions on their phone so they can convert it and figure things out. Number 10, how many weeks in a year? That's one of those questions I was like, really? You, you had to ask your phone that. You know, where did you graduate from school? Like, Anyway, that, that was a shake-my-head question. Number 11 shows you where, where we rank. Number 11 was when is Father's Day. So Mother's Day up here, when is Father's Day, is much further down the list. And I don't think you get in as much trouble if you forget that one. Uh, number 12, how to get pregnant. There's 52 weeks in a year. Number, number 13, how to download YouTube videos. So people want to know, how do I take those with me? Uh, number 14, how old is Donald Trump? The number 14 most asked, that's the most out of all the important things you could ask in life and in the history of the world. Number 14 is how old is Donald Trump? Uh, 72, by the way. Like, I don't know if people are asking that question because they're thinking, if, 
is he going to kick the bucket soon? Can I just wait it out? Or is he doing great? I want to pray for him. I don't know where you stand on that spectrum, but people care enough that they're asking that. Think, come on, really, think with me all the hundreds, thousands, millions of questions that you could ask. We have the technology and the knowledge of the world here in the hand, in the palm of our hand, and we're asking, how old is Donald Trump? Uh, number 15, <laughs> this, this also amazed me that this made the, the top 15 questions, but number 15 was, how do you make pancakes? How do you make pancakes? And, and on that note, I saw, I saw a funny uh, meme on the internet the other day. Go ahead and put up that next picture. It says, people in the 60s said, I better not say that or the government will wiretap my house. People today, hey, wiretap, what's the recipe for pancakes? <laughs> Come on. The world has changed. And so here we are. We, there's an app for that. No matter how you look at it, all that list of questions, whether you think they're ridiculous, whether you've asked any of them or not, the bottom line is people in the world today have questions. And there's more answers available than ever before. There's more knowledge available. But what happens? We, that list of 15 questions is kind of silly, kind of ridiculous, very helpful sometimes maybe. But the bottom line, when I read that list of questions, once you get past the surfacey questions, you realize that these the most important questions that people have are not the ones they ask their phones. Come on, they're the questions of existence, of purpose, of, of pain, of suffering, of how do I go through this life. The most important questions that people really have in their heart are not the ones that they ever ask their phone, but they're the ones that you and I have the answer for. And so we see this, uh, the questions that people ask, they're sometimes they are legitimate questions. They're sometimes difficult. There's sometimes no cut and dry answers to them. There are empty seats in this room today because people have questions that are keeping them far from God. There's people in this room today that you've realized, man, the questions don't stop just because I'm in this room and I know him. There are still questions that come up from, through life that we have answers to. And I want to tell you this this morning. If you have questions... You're not alone. You're not strange. You're not weird. You're not different. You are human. Look at your neighbor and say, you are human. And if you looked at your neighbor and you weren't sure that you could say that to them, we'll, we'll ask some other questions later. Questions don't make you weird. They don't make you different. They make you human. They make you normal. Everyone has questions. In fact, many people in the Bible, famous people that were men of God, women of God throughout history, people had questions. Uh, one of my favorite questions is uh, by King David. He asked God this famously in Psalm chapter 10 and verse 1. He says, God, are you avoiding me? Where are you when I need you? Come on. Can you believe that God let him put that in his book? Come on. If I was writing a book about myself and how benevolent I was, what an awesome God I was, and that I helped everybody, I'm not sure I would have let that one in there. But here's my, you know, this is the guy that God said, he's a man after my own heart. I've made a covenant with you. I've blessed you. You're always going to have a king on your throne. The Messiah is going to come from you. And here's King David, man of God, saying, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? And come on, this is, this is one of the tamer questions that David asked that, that was recorded in Scripture. And he's asking God, where are you when I need you? Do you know that God's not afraid of our questions? I, I don't know about you. Sometimes I get worried and I get nervous about what people are going to ask me. Has anybody else ever felt that way? We go into it thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to answer that? What are they going to ask about? What are they going to say? God's not bothered in the least. 
In fact, more than anybody else that could handle it, he is the one that can handle those kind of questions. He's able to take care of his own reputation and defend himself. He doesn't get bent out of shape or angry when you ask those questions. In fact, I think, my personal opinion is, I think he gets kind of excited when we ask those kind of questions because he starts thinking, they're talking to me. They're giving their attention to me. They're, They're finally in a place where they're directing their focus to me and wanting to know who I am and what I do with them. Come on, I don't think God is afraid of our questions at all. In in fact, I think the best kind of questions that we could ever ask are ones that force us into a place where we get to know him more and experience him more and trust him more. So there's King David. He's asking, God, where are you when I need you? And then here's another guy that was in Scripture. Talk about your questions coming from a hard, dark place in your life. How many of you know the story of Job? He, he went through some rough stuff, right? He, he had lost all of his family. His wife's yelling at him like, why don't you just curse God and die? Look at these horrible things that happened to you. And this is what Job actually said in chapter 6, verse 11. He said, what strength do I have that I should still hope? What prospects that I should still be patient? One translation said, why should I go on living when there's no hope in my life? Come on, how many of you have ever heard somebody ask a question like that? What hope is there in the world? Why, why even go on living? What, what should I do with my life? Come on, not, not all questions are this bleak. As, as God, where are you? Or why should I go on living? But they're very real. And they're questions that people wrestle with and they grapple with every day. They, they are questions that you can't ask your phone to answer. There, there's no app on your phone that's going to tell you the answer to why should I go on living? Where is there hope in my life? And the church is amazingly better than your phone because the church, we have the ability to answer those questions for people. We have the ability to connect them with the answer. At a minimum, come on, at the very least, the church ought to be a safe place to ask those questions. More than anywhere else, more than trying to struggle with it on your own, the church ought to be a place where I can come and say, hey, this is what I'm wrestling with. Where's the hope in my life? This is the situation I'm going through. Can, Can you help me out here a little bit? I believe that's part of why God put us together so that we don't have to go through those questions alone. Uh, I don't think every question has easy answers. I'm, I'm not up here today trying to tell you, hey, there's, there's a simple pat answer for everything that is one size fits all and it'll cover your situation and mine also. I, I think sometimes, the, even as messy as the questions are, I think sometimes the answers are messy and that's why God put us together in community and wants us to lean on him for the answer. You know, sometimes just being with someone while they're going through stuff is the answer. It's, it's better than, than any advice you could try to give them to just actually be with them. That is, she's amening like crazy over there. That's, that's what that sound is. <laughs> Sometimes just sitting with somebody and saying, I know this is hard. Let me be here with you. That's the answer they were looking for. Sometimes just listening and valuing people's questions is enough. Do you know that there, there really is an answer and value in that of just letting people ask their questions and hearing them? Sometimes I think it's, it's okay to say, I don't know. Look, look at your neighbor and say, I don't know. Like, like we, we could practice that one a couple times together. I don't know why, but sometimes I think as followers of Jesus, we get in this weird place where we think, I have to know everything. And if I don't know it, then I've got to make something up and just fudge my way through it. Come on, please don't make something up. When people are asking you those difficult questions of life, don't say, oh, here's the pat answer, here's the simple thing, or I don't know, so I'll just tell them this. Just say, I don't know. Can we say that one more time? I don't know. That's okay to say, and it's okay to say, you know, I don't know, but we can find out together. 
I, I know somebody that might know. I know somebody that'll pray with us about it. Whatever that answer may be, just don't make something up and blow smoke. Come on, tell them I don't know if you don't know. We aren't called to be know-it-alls. We're called to know Jesus. We, more than anybody else in the entire earth, we get to say we possess absolute truth because we know Jesus. Jesus is with us. We possess absolute truth. But sometimes we get confused and we confuse our opinions with absolute truth. And we we need to come to a place where we recognize, hey, I don't have to be right all the time, but I connect people to the truth. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Uh, truth is not a set of theological statements. Truth is a person. Come on. If, truth, truth is not a set of theological statements. That's why people have confused that concept. That's why there's 33,000 plus denominations in the earth today. Come on. Just not, I'm not talking about different religions. I'm talking about people that call on the name of Jesus that at some point got into an argument about what's right and what's not right and what truth is. And instead, we need to get back to the place where, remember, truth isn't a set of statements. It's a person who wants to know us and to be known by us. Jesus himself in John chapter 14, he says, I am. Come on, this is him defining himself when he says, I am. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you don't get to the Father except through me. Come on, the Father who is the source of all life and the answer to every question we could ever hold in our hearts. Jesus says, I'm the way to get to know him. I am the truth that you're seeking. Come on, I I think, how many of you remember that famous conversation that Pontius Pilate had with Jesus? And Pilate's getting ready, you know, to send him to the cross, and Pilate says, what is truth? I think Pilate would have been much better served if he would have said, who is truth? And Jesus, standing there in front of him, embodying truth in in himself, the fullness of every truth that could ever be expressed, the answer to every question, was standing right there in front of him. Man. I think sometimes we think it's a cliche. You know, we, we, we picture all the kids going to Sunday school class. And do you, ever, do you ever think about Sunday school class when you were growing up? And it was always like, oh, the answer is always Jesus. Didn't matter what question the teacher was asking. It's like, oh, the answer is Jesus. I remember one time a kid telling a story. He says the teacher in Sunday school asked, hey, guys, you know, what is small and brown and fuzzy and eats nuts and lives in a tree? And the kid raised his hand. He says, well... I know it's Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel. (laughs) I know it sounds cliche, but the answer really is Jesus to the questions we're seeking. And sometimes it's not the answer we're expecting or the way that we wanted to define the answer, but he, the truth himself, really is the answer. And he comes in the middle of our questions about life, and he gives us purpose and meaning. He comes in the middle of our suffering and our pain, and he gives us hope for the future. He helps us in those situations. He comes and gives us joy to strengthen us when we're feeling weak. And I'm wondering how, maybe your question when you walked in the door this morning is, how could I possibly go on? I'm so tired. And Jesus, the answer, comes and releases joy into our life that strengthens us to go on. He really is the answer to the questions that the world is seeking that they're not asking their phone about. But those questions are in there. And uh, just to make it a little practical this morning, I just want to give you a couple pieces of advice how we position ourselves to get answers. And I'm saying again, you're 
you may not get the answer you were seeking or cut and dry or thinking this is, this is the answer that solves everything, but this is a way that we can position ourselves to receive answers from him. Uh, I think the number one thing that helps us in that is admit we don't know everything. How, how many of you could, are brave enough to raise your hand and do that with me this morning? Admit we don't know everything. And uh, if your neighbor's not raising their hand, give them a, like an elbow or something. Like, come on, every one of us in the room should be able to come to grips with that. I don't know everything there is to know. Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Come on, we're, we're not ever going to get an answer to any question if we think we know everything. What's the point of giving someone an answer if they think they've got it all together and they know everything? That's, that's number one for most of us is we have to come to grips with, I don't know everything. And, and please, when you're talking to somebody, don't get frustrated with people who think they know everything. Come on, you were 18 once. How, how many of you can remember, and if you're not 18 yet, you're, you're on your way there, but how many of you that are older can remember a time when you thought you knew everything? And, and I say it all the time here, but you know what happened to me? The older I got, the smarter my dad looked. It, it just, it happened. You know, when you're young, you're thinking, man, I know it all. I can make all these decisions. I've got my life together. And your parents are telling you all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then the older you get, you realize, they really knew what they were talking about. And you find yourself telling your kids the same things that your parents told you. We have to admit we don't know everything and come to grips with that. I think that verse really speaks of humility. You know, because God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And when we come humbly saying, I don't know everything, that positions us to receive more from him. So we need to recognize that we don't know everything. I think the number two thing that we do to position ourselves to receive answers is we just have to ask. Come on. There, there is something about opening our mouths and letting what we're questioning inside be known. We just need to ask. Uh, James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, if anyone longs to be wise. What, can we stop right there? Is there anybody in this room that's longing to be wise this morning? Like, I, I want to know how to handle these situations. I want to be wise about it. I want some wisdom to flow in my life. That should be all of us in this room. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. And I love the way this translation renders this. It says, he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. What an awesome thought from scripture. He's not waiting to scold us because we didn't. Come on, as a parent, I, I wanted my kids to ask questions and to say, I, I really need to know this. And it wasn't an opportunity as a parent to say, you dummy, how come you didn't figure that out on your own already? Did I ever say that to you, Heather? No, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Just checking to make sure. That's not what we do as parents. Why would we expect God to do that to us? He's not sitting there thinking, oh, if they ask me, I'm going to slap them on the wrist and say, why didn't you know how to do that? He's waiting to give us wisdom and to overwhelm us with his generous grace. What a thought. And then later, later in James, if you keep reading that book in James chapter 4, it says, we don't have because we don't ask. Come on, how much more simple could God make it in the scripture to say one of the ways to get what you need is simply to ask. If we're looking for answers, let's ask those questions. So we admit we don't know everything, we ask him, and then to position ourselves to receive answers, we have to be willing to embrace the answer God gives us. 
We, there has to be something in us that says, I'm asking this question because I didn't know the answer. And God, whatever you say to me, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to receive it. Uh, in 2 Timothy, it says this, A time will come when people will not listen to accurate teachings. Instead, they will follow their own desires and surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. How many of you know people like that? They, they asked 10 different people for advice because they didn't like the advice the first nine people gave them. And they're looking around like, I really had my mind made up already what I wanted to do. I know this is what I'm just looking for somebody to justify why I want to do this in my life. Come on, you don't, you don't get to ask Siri a question because you didn't like the answer Alexa gave you. Come on. That's, you don't, you don't get to say, hey, Google, because I didn't like what Siri came up with. This, that's how it is with God. He gives us the answers, and we have to embrace it. He, he may say things that are hard for us to hear sometimes. He may say things that, that I don't want to change in my life, but he's asking. Come on. For example, I may be asking God, God, I need more money. Anybody ever prayed that prayer or told God that? Come on, that's a very common one that a lot of people pray. I need more money. And then the answer God says is, Hey, I want you to go sign up to take this class to learn how to budget. I don't have time for that, God. I just need more money right now. I want you to sign up for that class to budget and get some accountability with finances in your life. Steve, what should I pray to get God to give me more money? Come on, is this not what we do all the time? Come on, I didn't like the answer I was hearing, so I keep asking other people, or I keep going back, God, could you tell me? And we wonder, where we, sometimes, frankly, we end up in a place like King David did, like, God, where are you? And he's been right there all the time saying, hey, this is what I told you already. We have to be willing to embrace the answer that he gives to us when we ask him those questions. He may, he may come on, this one really gets me sometimes. He may say, you don't really need to know the answer. Just trust me. How many of you hated when your parents said, just trust me? Or because it's good for you? Come on, do you ever have, maybe that's more in our vocabulary. Eat that broccoli. Why? Because it's good for you. And eventually, what do you, as a parent, you ever have kids that are why, why, why? They, they, they ask the question, and then it's, well, why, why, why? And eventually, as a parent, you get so exasperated, you're like, because I said so. I'm the parent. Like, I feel like, maybe not that harsh, but there are some times when God says, just trust me. Just, just because I said so. You, you don't need to know the behind the scenes answers or the motivations in people's hearts or why this is or isn't happening. Just trust me in it. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I am going to work all things together for your good, but just trust me in this. And sometimes, if that's the answer, we need just, okay, God, I'm going to embrace that answer. You're giving, and I'm going to try, I don't understand it, but I am going to trust you and put my hope in you. So those are the things we need to trust him. Uh, I'm not going to tell the whole story this morning, but you can go back later. Uh, there was a funny story in 1 Kings 22. Uh, King Ahab, who was a notorious sinner and rebelled against God all the time, uh, King Jehoshaphat, who was a great king and followed God, they got together to go to battle together. And Jehoshaphat says, hey, is there a prophet? We could ask, what is God saying to us so we can get an answer? And Ahab famously says, there is one guy. He's a true prophet of God, but I hate him because he never tells me anything good. 
Come on. We need to embrace the answer God gives us, no matter how hard it may be to hear, or if it means change has to come in our lives, or if we don't get the reasons, we just have to trust him. We have to embrace the answer he gives us if we want to position ourselves to get answers from him. So that's what we're talking about this morning. We want to be a people that aren't afraid to ask questions and aren't afraid for people to ask us questions. And this is the homework I have for us this morning, because better, come on, better than any phone could ever do it, the church really does have the answers for the real questions that people are asking in their hearts. Not how to make pancakes, but why am I here on earth? Does my life have meaning? Why am I going through this? And this is, this is the homework I want us to do this week. Uh, first of all, if, if you're in this room and you've never met or started a relationship with Jesus this morning, you don't have to wait to do that for homework. You can, you can do that today. Uh, if you come up and, and meet us afterwards, we'd love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus because he really died on the cross so that you could experience forgiveness and life in its fullness in, in your life. And for the rest of us, that if you're in this room and, and you are a Christian this morning, uh, I want you to tell someone this week, I want you to tell someone a question that you're wrestling with. Come on, because we said it earlier, everybody, every one of us have questions. And they don't stop once we get to know Jesus. We still have those questions in our lives. And I want you to share a question with somebody this week that you've been wrestling with. And just ask them, I don't care, ask them to pray with you about it. Ask them if they've ever gone through the same thing. What did you do when you questioned this about God? And see what they say. The, the, other, the other piece of the homework, maybe you're, if, you're not questioned, if you're not comfortable doing that one, if you're not comfortable sharing a question that you've had in your life with somebody else, uh, I want you to ask someone else to share a question with you. And, and this, is, this is how it might sound. You could go up to somebody at, at work this week and say, you know, Sunday we were talking in church about how it's okay to have questions about God. Have, have you ever had any questions like that about who he is or what he does? Do you know that would be an amazing conversation starter for somebody that's maybe living far from God or doesn't know who he is? Just to say, did you have questions about God? Because we said that's okay on Sunday. See where that conversation goes. But either way, either, either share a question with somebody or ask somebody to share one with you. Do that this week and pray and see where that conversation goes. And know, know that God is able to connect with people. That we have Jesus living in us. So we have the answer we know him, the answer, even if I don't know all the things to say. If we connect people with him, he's got the answer that they need. Let's go ahead and stand together. Sometimes I think it's, it's like we almost get freaked out or we get ashamed or we get embarrassed to admit that we have questions. Like that, that homework might be intimidating or terrifying for some people to say, What? I I thought I was a Christian. I'm supposed to have it all together with people. It's okay to have questions. Let's pray. God, we ask for opportunities this week just to be able to to share and to voice what's going on inside of us, whether it's it's privately with you or with somebody else that we know and trust, Lord. I, I thank you that you hear and know the answer to the questions that we hold in our heart. And God, that thank you just even for the the release that comes from voicing those things and realizing I'm not alone. There's there's other people that have gone through this and and dealt, dealt with seeking answers for these questions.
God, I ask that you would just come in this moment even and make yourself real to us. That you are the answers we are seeking. You are our hope. You are our peace. You are our strength to get through each day. You are the one that that our heart should adore. that, That you're searching for us and wanting to be known by us. Lord, we just say that we love you and we trust you with our lives, with all things that concern us. We trust you. And God, I thank you that even as you've revealed yourself to us, as you've shown us who you are, that that we get to carry that out into the world, that we get to be a representative of Jesus here in this life. God, I ask that you would strengthen us as we go from this place, that we would go full of courage, that we would go full of uh, passion and zeal for you. Lord, that even in the midst of those questions, knowing that you haven't left us, that you've never abandoned us, that you're right there with us in every circumstance. God, bless your people indeed today. Lord, let let your love and your mercy just overflow in our lives. Let, Let us be ones that are so full of your love and your mercy that it spills out in every place that we go. God, we say that we love you, we honor you, and we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.